Christians are at a crossroads. What's at stake? The ability to freely live out the gospel in America. Freedom is a core value in our country, but changing cultural norms often affect the definition of freedom among those who seek to do good and ultimately cause more harm. Women seeking refuge from domestic violence need a trigger-free environment. In southern Massachusetts, their fate rested in the legal outcome. How are we going to be able to provide a trigger-free environment that nothing would trigger them, nothing would jeopardize not only their safety, but also their trust that we wanted to be able to help them? This is Behind the Front Lines. Religious Liberty in America. Almost anyone would agree that women seeking shelter from domestic abuse should have the right to their privacy in a women's only facility. But in 2016, shelters and churches that sought to protect women in southern Massachusetts were forced to take their state to task. They were being forced to open their facility and bathrooms to everyone, driven by a law being written for anti-transgender discrimination in public restrooms. When House of Destiny prepared to open their doors to women in southern Massachusetts seeking help from domestic violence, they learned of a bill that would have crippled their dreams to provide a safe space for women in their community. the state of Massachusetts was in the process of creating a law that would define all public access to bathrooms for anyone of any gender, jeopardizing their ability to help women in need. In the end of 2015 into 2016, we were given an opportunity to purchase a piece of property. It was a great price. And our board met, we talked, we just didn't want to buy a property just to have property under the church's name or anything to that effect. But we wanted to be able to do something that was going to impact our community, impact lives to the very end. There was a suggestion of, why don't we just take this property and make it an income property? You know, we could be landlords. Um, we could rent out all three units. You know, the church can raise money and, and build a sanctuary and there was a suggestion of making it an after-school program or even a, a daycare facility. During college, Pastor Carrasco made the decision to go into ministry. Later, he and his wife wanted to honor his wife's grandmother, a survivor of domestic abuse who spent her life ministering to women within her family and community. When Pastor Esteban's church was gifted a housing unit House of Destiny became a reality. He and his wife knew how they wanted to use this facility to minister to women survivors of domestic abuse in her grandmother's honor. My wife, she's the strongest person I know that has completely my backing, has been there for all my failures and all my successes. And in the conversations that I had with my wife, she mentioned, let's look at our community. Let's look at our city. Let's see what we need as a community. And one of the things that we started looking at, we started looking at stats. We had meetings with um, local human uh, service agencies. We met with uh, the police chief. 
And um, there was a huge need for domestic violence shelters or not even a shelter, a huge need for a place where individuals can gather information on how to get out of situations or how can they move on from an abusive relationship. And when we gathered those stats, my wife's heart was touched. And she's like, my grandmother was a domestic violence victim. And for many years, she remained faithful to to her husband, even though he was an abuser. But the minute her husband passed, she turned all her experiences, those negative experiences, the hurt, the abuse, she turned it into educating other women, helping other women, taking in women, helping children. She gave everything she had to be able to educate other women to be able to survive. My wife said, when we buy this property, we are going to not only honor her legacy, but we are going to empower other women to be able to come out of situations and be able to look at children and say, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Pastor Carrasco's grandmother-in-law's work impacted women in her community in significant ways that ultimately shaped the vision for House of Destiny. Provided them with the skills necessary to be able to make decisions as they grew older. Most of all, be educated. Because of that, you know, my wife was educated in regards to domestic violence and she was able to make a decision to continue to provide that education to, for others. Our outreach center, the property that we bought in 2016, we named it the M as in Mary Pauline Outreach Center in memory of my wife's grandmother. It is a safe environment. It is a warm environment. You walk in and they're going to greet you right where you're at, regardless of if you have tears in your face, regardless if you are insecure, regardless if you might know the answers. It is a place where you can come in and just understand that you're going to be okay. Whether you're there for a minute or whether you're there for an hour speaking with a case manager or speaking with a therapist, you're going to be relaxed and understand that you're going to be provided with the necessary tools to make an educated decision that is not just going to leave you stranded or not have the solution. Our case managers, our program director will walk the process with the individual to the very end, whether it's going to court hearings, whether it's speaking with therapists, psychiatrists, doctors, court-appointed advocates, they're going to walk that process with you. Through my involvement with um, the Massachusetts Family Institute, we had gotten wind that the Attorney General and the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination had been talking about making this public accommodations law affect churches and their ministries. And um, we were concerned because we were in the renovation stages. We were in the process of trying to finalize plans that we had for that building that we had just purchased. It was really concerning because how are we going to be able to fulfill the vision and the mission that we had laid before us with this coming down the pipeline? So it brought a lot of insecurity. It brought a lot of questions. You know, how are we going to be able to 
keep the individuals that come through our doors safe? How are we going to be able to provide a trigger-free environment that nothing would trigger them and nothing would, you know, jeopardize not only their safety, but also their trust that we wanted to be able to help them. So it brought a lot of concerns. I remember speaking with one of our elders and saying, we got to do something. We got to do something because if we don't, this property that we just bought, this vision, this mission that we've set before us, we're going to have to put a halt to it. My wife had heard the conversation, overheard the conversation, and she's like, no, we're going to move forward because that's what God has called us to do, is to serve. So we were committed. We were committed to the vision and the mission that God had placed within our church. Having a young family, just having you know the, the interest of my son, really interested in wanting to know, are we going to be able to see our vision come forth. As a couple, it increased our prayer life. It increased our faith. It increased our brainstorming. Uh, We had to continually continue to plan what's going to happen next. When we were looking at this and we saw the bigger picture, we started to, to really think about, you know, this wasn't just for us. You know, this was not just for House of Destiny, not for the M. Pauline Outreach Center. And I remember having a board meeting and and speaking to one of my elders and saying, we have to understand that this is bigger than us because this is for all churches across the state and even across the nation because there will come a time where government will try to impose, try to construct laws that will affect churches across our state and across our nation. So when I remember speaking in that tone, kind of, I'm going to be honest with you, very aggressive, because I I really felt that it was bigger than just me, bigger than House of Destiny, bigger than the Empire Center, because I felt, and and I told this specific elder, because we had one elder that was kind of hesitant. They didn't want the attention. You know, he felt that we were in a good place because he was afraid that, you know, the negative attention would bring forth a decline in membership or, 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 uh, uh, pointing out the finger. And I said, we need to be the voice for those that have not risen up. And he came on board and he said, you're absolutely right, pastor. Let's do that. It took a united front because I'm not going to say that we did not face persecution. We faced persecution. We faced judgment. We faced the name calling. We faced the belittling. But at the end of the day, today, I feel that churches across the state of Massachusetts and even across this nation, because of this case, alongside the three other churches that joined us, in this suit, we're free to teach and preach and to live according to our faith and to be able to do what God has called us to do. We weren't fighting against any specific race, culture, gender. We were really fighting for our constitutional right to be able to serve and 
teach and do what God has called us to do. But in regards to, you know, losing ground, losing momentum, I think it, it it's complete opposite. Today, um, we are able to minister to our community with extreme favor. We are able to serve our community with conviction, but also with certainty. The community knows that we are a church that knows our rights, but also cares for them. Thanks to the help of Alliance Defending Freedom, the state retracted their prior statement saying that the law applied to churches, allowing for churches, ministries, and other organizations to operate within their religious convictions. That victory was not something they could have counted on had they took on this issue alone. ADF, we got in touch through um, one of our organizations that I am highly involved with, um, Massachusetts Family Institute. Their executive director, um, Andrew Beckwith, is part of ADF, and that's how we kind of connected with ADF. He had given us their number. He says, you have a legitimate concern, and um, I, I know of an organization that is going to be able to help and lead you in the right direction. They're not going to take something on or not give you advice if they're not factual. It was a relief. <laughs> that phone call was a relief. We spoke with um, several attorneys. I, I can name them off. I thank God every day for each of those attorneys that we work closely with. Um, and it was like a huge weight off our shoulders where we were able to explain to them where we were as a ministry, we were able to explain to them the vision of our church, the vision of our ministry, and they were able to acknowledge the desire and the passion for the people that we had in our community. And they helped every step of the way. It was God sent. It was God sent. It was it was a moment where we as a church knew that we were going to be okay. Not because win or lose, but rather because we had people that understood our heart, understood what we wanted to do. And we weren't trying to target any specific group, any specific race or gender or any of these groups. We just wanted to be able to serve. And ADF understood that. What could have happened um, today, the M. Pauline Outreach Center would have not existed. Um, there would have been a law put in place that would affect all the churches in Massachusetts. They would have to become a place of public accommodation. So therefore, we would be turning over our right as a church to be able to teach and preach according to our faith and belief. So that could have happened. We could have brought more damage, not only to ourselves as individuals, as ministers, and as churches, but we could have created more hurt than actual healing and good. These groups could have continued to look at us differently rather than understand our heart and our position of wanting to just live out our faith. Our thanks to Pastor Esteban Carrasco and House of Destiny Ministries for sharing their story and fighting our battle. On the next episode of Behind the Front Lines, Religious Liberty in America, a daycare in Missouri seeks to serve their entire community, Christian or otherwise, 
and are denied government support on supposed constitutional grounds. My first reaction was, why are we being treated worse than everybody else just because we're owned by a church? Why should our kids be less safe than everybody else just because we're owned by a church? Tune in next time to hear how ADF is standing up for this organization so they can make their facility safe for local children without discriminatory barriers. Behind the Front Lines is paid for by Alliance Defending Freedom and produced by CT Creative Studio. We encourage you to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and to share, rate, and review the program so others can discover the work ADF is doing. You can learn more about ADF's Church and Ministry Alliance programs at adfchurchalliance.org.